you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix, Arizona, that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Well, good evening, Kaleo. Good to see you all. Welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Those of you who are on Zoom, welcome. As many of you know who are here, it's a special evening for us as uh, we ordain Aaron this evening. And so, yeah, for those of you who are here for that special welcome, we love it. Aaron is well-loved. Good job, Aaron. And not only are we ordaining Aaron, she's going she's gonna to preach for us tonight, too. So, yeah, we, we, got, we got a couple things going. Just as, as we prepare, would you all would y'all just stand with me? And let's just, just take the moment in for a second. Just sit in this moment and be still. Actually, stand in this moment and be still. Invite God's presence. Welcome God's presence. Maybe even ask God, God, what do you have to say to me this evening through all that we're doing? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we show up in this place expectant, longing for an epiphany as the season that is, a revelation from you, Lord. We know we need you. We long to trust you more. As we gather in this place, would you grow our roots down deep into your love, God? Would you hear our songs as praise to you? Would you hear our prayers as us crying out for more of you? Would you meet us in the words that Aaron preaches? Would you be honored in our time ordaining Aaron for the ministry you've called her to, Lord? And make Kaleo be a place that makes much of you in this world. To you be the glory, God. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together. You go, you go before 
on me to prepare the blessing you made a way and it's more than I could imagine more than I could fathom We sing this out right here. God of my present, God of my future, you are my story, you hold it all together. Say, God of my presence, God of my future, you are my story.
Yes, you do, Lord. You hold it all. We sing it out. Say, you hold it all together. Can we just sing that? You hold it all. You hold it all together. Come on, can we just declare that tonight that he does hold it all together? Hold it all together. Chuck, Chuck, one. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. God holds it all together. Um, well, my name is Erin Lashley. If you don't know who I am, um, I am so happy that all of you are here. It's kind of funny you put out like an invite on social media and whatnot, and you don't think people are going to show up, and then they show up, and you don't know what to do. So thank you all for showing up, and thank you all family, friends that are on Zoom, on the camera. I see you. I saw all of your names, and it means a lot that you would take a moment to join in this significant moment of me being ordained tonight. So um, yeah, crazy. Um, The reason why I really like that song is because God does hold our stories together. He holds it all together. He's writing our story, and the fact that I'm even here standing in front of you is a God-ordained moment um, that just only God could do it, and that's a story that I want to share with you guys tonight. Um, But before I get into that story, I want to share a little bit about the passage that we're reading together as a church. So when I found out about Kaleo, I had discovered and had learned that we follow something called a liturgical calendar. I was like, what is a liturgical calendar? Like, what is that? I was like, are you sure this is non-denominational? That sounds like a denomination to me. But um, it's basically a a yearly calendar that we follow in scripture reading that many churches around the nation follow together collectively. And so ironically, on this particular day, the scripture and the week, the scripture and passage for this week comes out of Mark 1, 14 through 20. Um, It won't be on the screen, but I'm going to read it for you. And it reads this. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. This passage is significant to me because it represents two different things. It represents tension and location. So in this passage, Jesus was just coming out of the wilderness for 40 days, and he was being tempted by Satan, basically trying to figure out 
obviously he knew he was called by God and he knew the mission and the call that was on his life. But Satan was trying to get him to do something he wasn't supposed to do yet. It wasn't time yet for all of that. So he was just coming out of the wilderness, a dry place, which kind of reminds me of the year that we just had too, that we're kind of also out of 2020 coming out of a wilderness and a dry place. And I also thought it was interesting that Jesus was also just about to start his ministry career. Also his cousin, John the Baptist, was just put in prison. So he had suffered an injustice with his, with his friend and with his family members. So I'm trying to imagine Jesus and all of the tension that he must have felt in his body. A friend of his is put in jail. He's just come out of the wilderness. Things aren't as they should be, but he knows the journey that he's about to go on. And just imagine the tension that he felt in that moment. And now he's about to choose his disciples. And where does Jesus decide to go? He decides to go to Galilee. Galilee. One of the cities, the poorest cities, the poorest of the poor. It wasn't a great city. There was crime and different things happening in that time and in that place. But one thing that Jesus constantly does in scriptures he always goes to the most marginalized places to find the most marginalized people and he's literally about to start his ministry and pick his disciples and he went to Galilee and um, one thing interesting that I learned about Galilee is that that's where the economic systems weren't necessarily as they should have been. And just as we read last week with Martin Luther King weekend, as MLK said in the letters of a Birmingham jail, he said, when you see the vast majority of your 20 million Negro brothers smothering in an airtight cage of poverty in the midst of an affluent society, that essentially was Galilee. And that's where Jesus was. And then if you also observe what Jesus was about to do is he just starts preaching the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And I think it's interesting that he says that the kingdom of God is at hand to contrast that he wasn't here to fulfill the kingdom of Herod who was ruling that day. He was here to fulfill what God had sent him to do. And he was an embodiment of good news. And that's also the good news that he was proclaiming. So there was tension that Jesus was experiencing and there was significance in the location that he chose. And I kind of see myself in this part of the story as well. So just to give you a little bit more background about me, I know some of you know me, some of you don't, but some of the tension that I experienced and the location that I come from. So I was born and raised in the uh, city of Chicago. My family's here, my cousins are here, and their significant others are here. So that's a big deal. Thanks for being here, guys. Um, But when I was 13 years old, I did this summer internship at my church and fell in love with ministry. But one thing I want you to know is my mom is here. The way she raised us, she would always say, y'all better figure out what God wants you to do with your life because we don't got time or money to waste. You better figure it out. You better ask God what he wants you to do. And so, I mean, I'm just a little kid and my mom's like, you better ask God. But as funny as that is, it kind of put inside of me this confidence like, okay, well, maybe if I ask God, maybe I guess he's going to let me know. So I better ask God, right? And so long story short, I wound up getting into ministry at 13. There was a summer internship program at my local church there in Illinois. 
and I fell in love with ministry. I just loved it. I loved being there. I loved the people. I loved connecting with other people. I loved the local church. We were doing summer camps and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is what I want to do with my life. And I just knew it. And I just knew something in my heart just clicked. And so after that summer internship program, 13, 14, 15, 16, um, up until the age of 18, I did that internship program and fell in love with ministry. And after that, I started working there from 18 to the age of 26. And man, I tell you, I learned all different types of things. But the hard part, that the point of tension that happened for me was I had this big dream that I was going to be in ministry and helping this young couple as they took over the church. And that didn't happen. And by that time, my family started moving out here to Arizona. And so I had this idea in my head that just didn't wind up playing out. And essentially, um, the senior pastor there at the time, he just didn't really like that I had decided I wanted to move on. And so he kind of talked with me for a few hours and was like, I really want you to stay. I really want you to, you know, meet, I want to be, I want to pastor you. I feel like you've done all these other things. So it just wasn't the healthiest environment for me at the time. But I just, I just knew in my heart, if I, if I stay, it was going to be because of a fear of, of man instead of really following what I felt like God put in me, which was to go do a ministry internship and to pray and see God about like, what's next? Cause I don't know. Cause this thing just fell apart and I don't know what to do next. And so after that conversation, uh, a few days had passed and, um, I didn't hear from him, which was different, you know, like it wasn't, um, normal not to hear from him because, you know, I was doing service ministry and all this other stuff. And then finally, the third day, uh, three days later, ironically, you know, Jesus, three days. But three days later, he shows up in the office and he calls me into his office and he says, um, he just sits me down. And he says, you know what, Aaron, I probably should have done this a long time ago, but I'm going to have to let you go. And this is the church that my family had found when I was in first grade. We'd been there from first grade all the way up until the age of 26. And I'm just kind of like, what? <laughs> like, I thought this was going to be like a smooth six month transition and all these things. And immediately it kind of felt like my heart was pulled out of my chest because I felt like that was, it could have been handled so much better, you know, and I don't have anywhere to go. And how do I explain to all these people that I've just gotten fired and all of these different things. And so that is how I wound up here because my parents said, hey, well, you've got a place at our place. So why don't you just come to Arizona and live here? And that's exactly what I did. And God brought me out of a desert in Illinois and brought me literally to a desert here. But what's cool about God is that he makes rivers out of dry places. And he finds a way to redeem difficult and hard situations. And he remembers you and your low place. So there's another part to this story that I want to continue right after this next song. To come and worship him Celebration It's the joining of the bride and the sun The two becoming one All the prophecies fulfilled In a moment 
exercise in tonight, a little up, down, up, down. So to continue the story of the passage that we're reading, I'll read for you once again, verses 16 through 18. And as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. What's interesting about being a fisherman at that time and place is that fishing was an important part of the Galilean economy in the first century, but it was not the free enterprise that we think of here today. Even fishers who may have owned their own boats and were a part of a state-regulated, elite profiting enterprise and a complex web of economic relationships. So this is something interesting about being a fisherman at that time is they were taxed on 90% of what they caught. They also had to eat off of the 10% of what they had left. It was a lot to be fishermen at that time and place. You couldn't also just go buy nets to be a fisherman. They were passed from generation to generation. So when Jesus was asking them to leave their nets, he was asking them to leave something that was a source of wealth for them. He was asking them to leave a system that was set up for them, that wasn't designed for them. to to be healthy or to succeed or to do well. So when Jesus invited them to follow him, he was extending an invitation to leave security in the midst of a system that wasn't designed to keep them secure, to leave the only source of wealth in a system that wasn't designed to make them wealthy, and to leave a family trade of identity that even in the midst of poverty was something many others did not have. So imagine being there, looking at Jesus at the shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's like, who is this rabbi dressed in rabbi clothing who thinks that I am worthy enough to follow him, who calls me to be a fisherman, fishers of men. And I also put myself in this moment of the story because it's in this moment that Jesus sees them and he calls them. And it's interesting that Jesus was watching them for a long time. Jesus is also watching us and he sees every part of our story and he keeps watching and he keeps watching and he keeps calling us and he keeps calling us. And for me, going into this part of the story for my personal story, so when I moved here, I was like, I think I'm good on the ministry side of things. It didn't quite work out for me that well. Um, <laughs> but again, God called me. And so two weeks after I moved here, I wound up getting another opportunity to work at Impact Church in Scottsdale. That's where my parents go. And my mom's like, uh, yeah, shout out to them. You know, why not? My mom's like, hey, you should check out. Um, they need somebody at the front desk. I think you'd really enjoy it. I'm like, man, I just left. Do you remember what I left? come on now, you know? And, um, but my mom and dad have always told me, at least know what you're saying no to. So I went and had the interview and something just in me was just like, this just feels right. So I'm just going to do it and we'll see what happens. 
And I got the job. I wound up still doing that job. They hired me knowing I still wanted to do a ministry internship to figure out, you know, what my future in ministry looks like. But it was at that place that God brought some of the closest friends that I have today, many of whom are here today, Delicia, Laura, Tamina, Tor. Yeah, give them a round of applause. They're really great and have been instrumental in my life and my story as well. But once again, God used that experience at that church to redeem every negative experience that I came out of. And it was God, it was like Jesus was saying to me, Aaron, I've seen you and I've been seeing you. And when those people overlooked you, I still saw you. And when they looked down on you, I still saw you. And when they looked past you, I was still looking at you and I still called you to come, repent, follow me, leave what you're doing and follow me. And I will give you a new identity and a new path. And that's what Jesus does in all of our stories. Every time, he always sees you. He always sees you. And God redeems every good thing. And I hope that that encourages you as it has encouraged me. Um, And if you can stand, we're going to sing another song here. Because that's just the way that I plan the service. So... I want you to remember in this moment that you are seen and you are called, that God does see you and he sees you and he saves every tear that you shed and he remembers everything that he's spoken over your life and he will redeem every good thing. If you feel comfortable, just put your hands up like this. This right here is a sign of surrender, God. As we surrender to you. As we sing this song, God, we know that you are the beginning and the end. Sing, you are Alpha and Omega. We worship you. Sing, you are and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We sing it out again and declare it.
sing that one more time. We give you all. We give you all. We give you all the glory. We worship you. story I want to bring us into the last moment of just a practice and I want to pray together if you would close your eyes with me and just imagine yourself just like the disciples that Jesus had called on the Sea of Galilee imagine that you're in the boat there mending your nets preparing to fish again you're in this place maybe you maybe you even feel that today you're just in a place of tension You're not really sure how you can escape. You don't really like where you are. The systems that are around you aren't made for you. People are looking down on you, talking bad about you, not for you, but against you. And life is just putting so much pressure around you. And in this moment, I want you to look up at Jesus, who's standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And he's saying to you tonight, Honey, I've been watching you a long time. Come and follow me. Leave your nets. Leave that thing. Leave that system. And follow me and I will give you a new identity. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we say yes. We say yes to you. We thank you in this moment of gratitude for seeing us when no one else saw us, for believing in us when no one else believed, for calling us to be your disciples, Lord. And we will follow the ways of Jesus and look intently at how Jesus lived with our whole heart, we'll say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Every breath we could 
Yeah. 
wants to keep singing but it's cold thank you Aaron for uh, sharing with us uh, preaching for your first time at Kaleo Phoenix 
It's your first time, but it's not your last time. You will be speaking many times because you have a voice and we love to hear it. Thankful for everybody who's shown up for Aaron tonight, our Kaleo family, Aaron's family, that's an extended part of the Kaleo family. Now, as we grow together, we're thankful. We're thankful and it's good for us to be here. One of the things that maybe you don't know about is that we are a church plant and we started six months before COVID-19 hit. That's not how you draw it up. That's not how it was envisioned in my mind in 2017 at a church in Waxahachie, Texas, that I was gonna come out to Phoenix, Arizona and plant a church for a pandemic to happen and then a racial reckoning to happen and then an insurrection to happen and all of the things. You know what we decided to do? We decided to put our foot on the gas and ordain and hire Aaron Lashley because we wanna be the church God is calling us to be. And that means we're going forward. We're going forward and we're glad we're gonna journey well. At this time, I just wanna share some basic info about how we can support Aaron. Myself, Chris Townley, and now Aaron, we committed to fundraising, raising our own funds to be pastors. Aaron has an ambitious goal to raise her entire salary. She's off to a good start. If you don't, we got you. But with that, you can go on online to kaleophoenix.com, can text to give. We have a designated fund for Aaron, and you can do so that way. Uh, at this moment, I'm going to have Aaron and Chris and her father, Mr. Lashley, come up here and join us at the front of the stage. And the part of the story that Aaron didn't share with you, I'm going to share with you right now. A week before the earth stopped and we had to shut everything down, this young black woman in overall shows up with a guy with long locks that is a part of our family. And they sit in the back. I remember thinking, who's that? And we, I guess Chris met you. I didn't meet you that night. But then we started doing Zoom calls, which nobody likes. I didn't want to be there. But Aaron was there. And then the next week, Aaron was there. And then the next week, Aaron was there. And Chris and Aaron had coffee and started chatting. And then it turned into us all kind of talking. And we decided we wanted to learn together. And so we started that process. It was a six-month process. But actually, the whole time, Chris and I had a feeling that you might be the person that is seen. And we see you. We see you right now. We're listening to you. We affirm you. We believe in you. We want to support you. And that's what tonight is. We have a certificate of ordination. You can have it. It's pretty. Designed by Doug Pinnock. It's signed and it says ordination of, or certificate of ordination for the gospel ministry, Aaron V. Lashley. And it's signed by myself, and Chris Townley. You're the very first person Kaleo Phoenix is ordaining. We don't, we don't take it lightly. This is a big deal for us. Um, we're thankful that you got out of your boat and you dropped your nets. You had a good job, a really good job you, that you did not have to fundraise for. No, <laughs> they did retirement and all this stuff, contributed extra, all that. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. She's good. We got her. She's all right. I think. No, I'm kidding. We got her. But you're being obedient. And we don't foresee the things that happen. For myself, when I came out here, I actually didn't know I was going to meet Chris in 2018. And then we just started talking together, prayed together, and realized we were called to plant the same church, and we committed to shared leadership. And we just continued what Eugene Peterson calls that long obedience in the same direction. And as we continued to be faithful, even when the hard times hit, we were still listening. And God said something. And he said, your name. And you said yes to it. And we have a long way to go because we now have three full-time pastors for a church plant because we are being prepared for the church that we are called to be. And we know that with you, with your ministry and the way in which you're gonna lead, we will all grow well together. So we thank you for that. We love you for that. And this is the beginning of a beautiful future. Um, At this time, I believe Mr. Lashley has some words he's gonna share. It's a dangerous thing to give a black man a mic, (laughs) a black preacher at that. Um, You know, as I thought about tonight and I thought about this ceremony and um, I I was asking God, God, what, what do you think of this? And this is not just, and, and I want you to understand the magnitude of this moment. This is not just an ordination, and it is an ordination, but it is so much bigger because this is not just an ordination in front of friends and family. What matters most is this is an ordination in front of God Almighty, the same God who created the heavens and the earth, the same God who opened the Red Sea for the children of Israel, The same God who held the sun up in the sky for three days because one man prayed. He's the same God. And because he is God, this is greater than anything we could imagine. I thought about it. The Bible says that the threefold cord is not easily broken. When I thought about you three, that came to mind. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And as you guys have intertwined and as you guys have joined together, that unbreakable strength will change the nations, will change this world, will change this community, will change these people. God is a great God. And there is nothing that he won't do with you three. There is nothing imaginable, unimaginable that you can't accomplish because of his grace and because of his mercy, and because of his goodness. As a father, I'm honored that you are being ordained. And as a father, I'm honored to be here with you tonight. But as a man of God, I am more honored to stand in this holy place and watch what God is doing here tonight. So I I pray for you. I thank you guys. And I want you to understand how great this is because I believe God is doing something special here this night. Amen. Thank you. See, that wasn't dangerous. That was good. Thank you. Stay up here. You're going to have to pray for us. 
Okay, Aaron, well, again, we're, we're a non-denominational church, so we get to make some stuff up as we go along. But we also try to hold as close to the trajectory of Scripture as we can. And so there's, there's a, a long tradition of, of those who uh, take leadership in a church body in which you lay hands on them and you call upon the Spirit of God to fill them and send them out. And so we want to invite you into that space as well. And so we'll do it in our own Kaleo way. I'm going to read a little scripture first, right? Because that's still where we get our inspiration from. And then we're going to pray a prayer together. And then your dad's going to finish and pray for us. So this, this is from 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. And I guess you could imagine it maybe even as, as Chase and I do our best as like the original elders of Kaleo to invite you into this with us. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, Peter wrote. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will see a crown of never-ending glory and honor care for the flock that God has entrusted to you, to us. We'll go together as we serve God. That's the role of a pastor of Kaleo. That's what we're after. That's what we're up to. And that's what we're affirming in you tonight. I'm going to read a prayer. It's called a a litany to honor women. Because I don't think it's a small thing in the midst of an, an ordination that we're doing here tonight. That we are in fact ordaining a woman to pastor with us. Because there's something that God's up to in that. And there's something that we want to be very vocal about affirming is the ministry that Aaron has in this church and the ministry that women have in our church to speak and to lead, to proclaim and to preach, to pastor and to care. And so this is a litany that speaks of all the women who've gone before doing what God has done, God has asked them to do in obedience and commitment. So we're going to pray that. And then Mr. Lashley's going to finish for us. If you would, we're not all going to get up here in the midst of uh, a pandemic and lay our hands on Aaron. That'd be weird. But would you, in maybe a less weird way, would you just extend your hand and, and join us in praying first this, this prayer, a litany to honor women with and over Aaron, and then as Mr. Lashley prays. We walk in the company of the women who have gone before Mothers of the faith, both named and unnamed, testifying with ferocity and faith to the spirit of wisdom and healing. They are the judges, the prophets, the martyrs, the warriors, poets, lovers, and saints who are near to us in the shadow of awareness, in the crevices of memory, in the landscape of our dreams. Therefore, we walk in the company of Deborah, who judged the Israelites with authority and strength. We walk in the company of Esther, who used her position as queen to ensure the welfare of her people. We walk in the company of Hagar, who is the only person to name the living God, for God had seen her. We walk in the company of you, whose names have been lost and silenced, who kept and cradled the wisdom of the ages. We walk in the company of the woman with the flow of blood, who audaciously sought her healing and release. We walk in the company of Mary Magdalene, who was the first to proclaim the news of the resurrected Christ. We walk in the company of Phoebe, who led an early church in the empire of Rome. 
We walk in the company of Junia, who was a co-laborer of the early church and distinguished among the apostles. We walk in the company of Perpetua of Carthage, whose witness in the third century led to her martyrdom. We walk in the company of Julian of Norwich, who joined imagination and theology, proclaiming all shall be well. We walk in the company of Sojourner Truth, who stood against oppression, righteously declaring in 1852, ain't I a woman? We walked in the company of Glenola Lashley, Aaron's grandmother, who was an ordained minister, traveling apostle, and dearly loved by the inner city of Chicago until her passing in 2011. We walk in the company of you mothers of the faith who teach us to resist evil with boldness, to lead with wisdom, and to heal. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. God, you are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You saw this way back when Aaron was still in Chicago. You saw Kaleo. You saw Chris. You saw Chase. You saw Aaron. You saw this night, God. It was ordained before you. We thank you, Father, for the manifestation of your word the manifestation of your purpose, the manifestation of your grace tonight. God, we thank you for the work that's going to be done with these three, God. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that is upon their lives. We thank you, Father, that you will move like never before, that you will open doors like never before. When they pray, God, they will hear from heaven, that the windows of heaven will open up and pour out blessings upon them. Father, we thank you for insight and revelation. We thank you for a level of intimacy like they've never experienced before. Open up their ears to hear you, God, and to speak your word in Jesus' name. We speak blessings. We speak provision. We speak togetherness. We speak unity. We speak the anointing that destroys every yoke. And we thank you, God, that it shall be done. We declare, God, when they pray, things happen. When they seek your face, they will find you, Father. When they help the lost, that they will be found, God, in Jesus' name. And God, we give you glory. We honor you tonight. Have your way. Move by your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah, so I guess that's it then. <laughs> it kind of feels like like a, um, you know when people get married, I now pronounce you husband and wife. That's kind of what this feels like. I will be honest with you. I forgot something over here. One second. So to end the service, I guess officially, man, this means so much that you guys are here. Like even this whole band, like thank you guys. Can you just thank you for being here? It means so much. It really does. I just want to pray one final prayer, and then you can be on your way. This is a prayer of celebration and longing that we've been praying normally at the end of our services here at Kaleo. We would break bread together and drink together and have conversation together and build a community together that way. But obviously with the pandemic, we're not able to do that. So we've been praying this prayer of celebration and longing, which reads, Lord Jesus, our hearts brim with celebration today. We praise you for the opportunity to see the faces of our Kaleo family once again. And yet we still long for the day when we will gather around the table you host for us. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to gather again, a fresh expression of the kingdom of God. We also experience tension on this day of celebration, for the kingdom has arrived, but the kingdom is still to come. Hold us in this tension of longing, Lord. We continue to long for your table where we feast upon the abundance of your goodness and drink from the abundant streams of your living water. It is your body given to us and your blood shed for us that strengthens our hearts and satisfies our thirst. We pray this prayer of celebration and longing in the name of Jesus, who is the bread of life and the cup of salvation. Amen. Until we see you again, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hey, thank you so much. God bless you guys. Safe travels home. We'll see you next time. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.